You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to another Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson. I'm David Cohen. And uh, David is all up in arms here that, uh, you know what? Go ahead. You, you do the lead into this because you're the one that's upset about this. What about the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special 2020? Yeah. 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 Like my, my question is why? Why would you I, I, revisit such a toxic time in the Star Wars canon by trying to redo it? We were eight years old when the first one came out. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I've actually ever... I've only ever seen clips of it because it was so awful that I, there was no way I was ever going to watch. sit down and watch the whole thing. Well, I mean, you saw clips of it when you were an adult. It, it wasn't designed for you at that time. What do you mean it wasn't designed for me? I was eight. You didn't see clips of it when you were eight. There was oh, no internet true, to watch true. clips. Yeah, but but that's that's the problem, isn't it? Just just hold on a second, guys. I think David has to. Can you uh, shut the doors, the door please? Or something. And be quiet. That's my guess, anyways, because I could hear the kids in the background. That was He's it. Furiously screaming at them. Shut up! Why are you? No. Yep. Uh, uh, there was there that. was no screaming. Oh, you <laughs> just the gave door. the dad look. <laughs> you just close the door. It was it yeah. was mom as well as uh, as well as the the girl. They're very excited. To see, oh, I've been I'm painting a wall in my daughter's room, and she's very oh. very excited about it. And I I'd finished the first coat just before I came down to set the show, so um, they're checking it out. That's why. Oh, nice! Yeah. Putting you to work, huh? Oh, it's so I hate I hate decorating so much. And th- oh well, we yeah, live in a British guys. house, so there is no room. There's no room to move any of her stuff out, so it has to be pushed to one side, and even then the rooms are tiny, and it's just horrible. Just horrible. And it's, of course, it's my daughter, so it's it's purple paint, isn't it? Of course it is, which is brilliant, because one drop of it anywhere, and it ain't never coming off. So, no. yeah. Yeah, I got I to gotta do some stuff when we're done recording here. I got to go out to... Uh, that's called Lowe's. It's a home improvement type of yeah. Yeah, I gotta go buy a new cordless screwdriver. I had one, and I pretty much ruined it yesterday. I tried to put too much torque on it. Yeah, it's only a little four volt thing, and the moment I try to get a hard bolt off with it, it I think it stripped the gears in it because it the motor still runs, but nothing turns. So yeah, was um, it was it an one expensive you, one or a cheap one? Uh, kind of right in the middle. Right. Um, it's you push this one little switch on the top, and you can turn it so it's like a gun. All right. That's, uh, I never hold it like a screwdriver. You know, mm-hmm. it's always with the yeah. handle, and um, and I love it. I I've it's what I've used to build all my arcade cabinets, and yeah, if it's electronic thing, I use it all the time. Yeah, no, it's I, I have one plugged in. And next week, when all the furniture comes for the room that's just been decorated, the replacement furniture, I will have to disassemble the old stuff throw it out and then build the new stuff because there's not enough room to do both at once nope we actually uh, in fact my um my wife said that she wanted the same wardrobe the ikea wardrobe that my son has in his room and it's very very tall it goes up quite high to the ceiling and i said i said i'm going to tell you i built that in his room when there was no furniture in there and i barely had enough room i said there's absolutely no way i can build it in charlotte's room without uh, even if the furniture was out because it's a smaller room. That's how bad it is. 
IKEA stuff, wow. you need space, you know. You do. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't have the room to build it and then move it into a place, then you're doubly screwed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, I got to go get one of those today. Because I've got so many, like, little accessories that go with it and stuff. Yeah. I love it. It's a great little tool. And I was kind of disappointed when mine died. But I've had it for, like, six years, so I can't really complain. You can get one with a light I mean, I could, but... But I'm going to go out there and I'm going to see if they have any different ones. Yeah, you want one with a light on it. Because that... This every... one a light on it. Oh, yeah, well, you want one with a brighter light on it, then. Oh, yeah. one with a laser. That'd be cool. Mm. Don't really need the laser one. <laughs> but... <laughs> just be cool. So that's what I'm doing later, probably mm. two or three hours, go out there. I'll wait for one of the kids to wake up because they're going to want to go with me. Yeah. You know, they don't get to go out of the house a whole lot. So when, you know, you go to a place like Lowe's or something like that, you know, they want to come, We uh, which is fine. Yeah, it was my wife's birthday on Thursday. So we actually went out for lunch for the first time in five months. Mm. And it was weird because we went to the center of Manchester, which is a big city. But because most of the working places are still closed, it was like Sunday. Um, yeah. It was really, really quiet. And um, I, yeah, uh, it was really odd. I just watched a uh, thing on YouTube. I think I actually sent you a link about the hidden underground of Manchester. Did I send you that? No, you didn't. Hmm. I thought I sent it to you on Facebook. Um, maybe, I've not checked Facebook this morning, so maybe you did. No, it was. this was like a week and a half ago. Oh, right. Then I, don't I think got into... As we are wont to do, I, I fell into a YouTube pit. Right. What I call it when I find a topic and I just kind of start deep diving into yeah, it. Yeah, like you can do that on Wikipedia as well. So you start from one thing and then you jump to another, to another, to another. And before you know it, you've gone from the films of Marilyn Monroe to um, the detailed construction of the hydrogen bomb. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're like, how the hell did I get here? <laughs> mm-hmm. But mine was these urban explorers, and they go to cities and they go to places that um, either or either you know old that no one uses anymore, like the the underground of London and Manchester, yeah, um, or unused subways in New York, and um, it's it's kind of cool. The camera works usually pretty shitty, mm-hmm. um, you know the 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 one in Manchester. The guy kept commenting on how bad the smell was. I'm like, yeah, you're underground in the sewer area, idiot. Victorian sewers, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you, what did you think? It's, ooh, it's yeah. nice down here. And basically, but, we have an awful lot of that here because the industrial revolution just meant we built cities on top of old towns in the Victorian times yeah. and um, or the pre-Victorian times, and so there's a lot of disused stuff down there. You know, some yeah. of it's tourist it was, attractions. It was cool. you know. Well, some of it though, most of the, the what he was showing was World War Two era. Yeah. You know, they built the underground for bombing and all that. Well, to, you know, save themselves from being bombed, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting, though. I, I kind of liked it. And uh, oh, I'll, have to ch- I'll have to check the, ch- uh, go back in my Facebook feed and check check for the link. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. I, yep. There's a good chance that I didn't. I mm-hmm. have a lot of false memories. Um, <laughs> like when I won the lotto and then I bought a whole bunch of stuff and then realized I can't pay for anything. So, um, (laughs) so anyways, back to the uh, star Wars holiday special. So when that Mm -hmm. came out in 1978, I actually watched it on television. I was eight years old and I loved it. And I loved it because the story was stupid, but I got to see 
my Star Wars friends. And you got to remember, this was pre-VHS, no VCRs, no, you know, there was no HBO. You saw Star Wars in the movie theater, and then after that, you could get some action figures and a calendar and maybe a comic book and stuff like that. But there was no Star Wars. There was no way to get my fix. So this came at a perfect time that it had been a year since I've seen it, a little over a year, and there they are. Now, I even then I remember looking at like the, the little children Wookiees that, what the hell are those things? Because they're clearly not Wookiees, and it was really bad. Was this um, an early interpretation of the Ewok, maybe? Yeah, kind of. I mean, but it, they were baby kids. They were Chewies. They were Wookiees. They were, you know. Yeah. But it, it had all, most of the actors, from what I remember, made an appearance. And I, I just thought that was awesome. Um, and then, of course, I've never watched it again. But yeah. I was eight when I watched it, and I thought it was great. The difference now, of course, is this is going to be a Lego one. So it's not canon or anything. And Lego and Star Wars has had, has had a very rich, long history of collaboration creatively they've made lego star Wars tv shows for and and many movies and stuff for a long time not to mention all the lego video games which to be honest the lego star Wars video games have been excellent all of them they've got a whole complete saga coming out here in november i think yeah i've loved them all yeah i've loved them all in fact i i clearly remember playing through um the third lego star wars one the uh of the the clone wars no, no, the third prequel one, which was... Um, oh, uh, well, that was the second one. The third prequel they, one. They, was it? Yeah, because they came... The first one they came out with was... Uh, Phantom Menace. Oh, oh, maybe, well, they, oh no, they, actually, They had maybe. two different Star Wars games at first. They had uh, the original trilogy. Yeah. And then they had the prequels. Yeah. And then they combined those two into one complete thing. Right. And then okay. they came out with the Clone Wars. So I remember playing through the prequel one and I actually finished it before the final movie came out. So I knew the plot uh, of the final movie, which yeah. I, I thought was interesting. Actually, you could argue having seen the final products, the final movie, the Lego version was slightly better, but there you go. Um, so, yeah, I, I love the Lego games and, and I've liked the fact that they're right, they've always been, they're very lighthearted. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't like that they started talking in the Lego video games, though. And I don't mean just Star Wars. I mean, in total, I think it kind of I like that the, you'd hear grunts and Whoo, sounds like yeah. that. But there was no talking. I've never I liked pl- it better. I've never played one where they've spoken. So um, I've yeah. not experienced well, the newest, that. Yeah, it, it's not as good. No. Um, even if they get the, the right actors and stuff, I don't know. It, it doesn't lend itself well to actual dialogue. Yeah. I understand why they did it. They want to evolve or whatever. But there's a an innocence, yeah, if you will, to and a playfulness in, in leaving it up somewhat to interpretation when there's no dialogue. And, and I, the thing that's always worked best with those Lego movies, uh, Lego Star Wars games, is that um, the puzzles are solved by you have to have two people. You have to have two characters. Even if you're playing your own, you yes. play two characters, you switch between them. And I've always thought that fits the the Star Wars storytelling um, oh, I agree. Uh, genre very well because you know the interplay between different the different characters as they go through the movies is part of what makes them 
fun and interesting. It's those those movies are far less interesting when it's just one character going off to do something. It's always better when they're when there's a group of them together. I think the Mandalorian yeah. would disagree with you, but um, well, no, maybe but not though. There, I mean, it got better when he set becomes, his team up. Yeah, the Mandalorian becomes much more group. fun when he's got the kid with him. I mean, it's it's yeah, it actually under it actually underscores that quite. Yeah. And most of I, the the better I episodes. I retract my objection. You yeah. were correct. <laughs> and also, most of the better episodes in the Mandalorians is when he goes to planet and meets up with somebody else. So true. Yeah. So back to the Star Wars special. Yeah. Um, Which I don't even the, notice, but I'm really trying to avoid talking about, <laughs> even though I hate it so much. It it. I don't mind that they're coming out with a new one. You know, Disney owns this property. They're going to do stuff with it. We know mm. that. Well, yeah, we. It but looks like Kathleen talk- Kennedy is out at this point. By the way. Oh yeah, does it? I've not. I've not seen that. Yeah, she's starting her new production company where she's focusing pretty much exclusively on on female creators. Right. Um, and it's kind of up in the air who's going to be her the air replacement, if you will, to. Uh, her, her time at Lucas. Um, there's some rumors going around, but nothing is set in stone yet. But it does look like she has pretty much made her exit. She's not doing a whole lot of day to day at Lucasfilm, from what I've been reading. Um, and I think that's probably a good thing. I think this Lego special yeah. is probably something she developed before she left. Yeah. Because um, technically she's still there, but it's for all intents and purposes she's gone. So my my question with this is is why yeah as I said at the beginning why would you do it you're taking something that a lot of Star Wars fans ex- uh, generally accept to be pretty terrible yeah yep. even I think you know you said yourself the the story wasn't great the the problem I always had with the original Star Wars special is why did they do it right because exactly and, uh, from it, what as I told you, say, you no no but no. Take a step back from it. What was in George Lucas's mind when he did that? And the reason, you know, Star Wars Money. was already a, the biggest movie in the world. It didn't need more promotion. Yeah. It, it, I'll tell you why they did it. It's because of George Lucas's arrogance. He's got this thing. We saw it in the later movies. We saw it again in the prequel things. He's got these thing, this idea that he knows how to do kid stuff. And we know he's terrible at it. We can cite the Ewoks. We can cite Jar Jar Binks. We can cite the youngest Anakin Skywalker in The Phantom Menace. Yeah, He thinks he's got it down, this kid stuff, and he just doesn't. Also as well, I think the holiday special shows right from the start that, you know, he has some good ideas. He has some bad ideas. He can't tell the difference between them. Yeah. The, the, the holiday special was... The holiday special was was basically such an own goal because it was terrible, it was badly written, yeah, it had terrible ideas and characters in it, and it was unnecessary. Those are the four things against it. And well, because you're only looking at it from a the perspective of this is Star Wars. I don't think that's why that was made. George Lucas, when he sold the rights to the movie for Star Wars to Fox, kept merchandising for himself. That's was part of his brilliance, and yeah. that's why Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm became what it was. It wasn't because of the popularity of the movies. It was because of the merchandising. And he made a crap ton of money almost immediately from Star Wars. Yeah. And the holiday special was a way to get kids excited, keep them excited about Star Wars before the next movie comes out in 81, and 
sell more toys, sell more posters, sell more cassette tapes at the time, records, calendars. Oh, yeah. again, but again, That's I, what I it was can about. I would come back to you and say, was it necessary? The yes. the toy the toy thing was already huge. Was it yes, necessary? Yes, but you got to remember there was nothing like this before, David. There was no toy line that that rivaled what Star Wars action figures brought. And they didn't know, because it, it's easy to look back with 2020 hindsight. They didn't know whether this is going to continue to the next year and the next year and the next year. Can't Will kids keep buying this stuff before the next movie? Because remember, 77 to 81 is a long time to wait, hmm. right? So they needed something in there, I think in their mind, to kind of reinforce and keep Star Wars fresh in people's mind. Because think back to when we were kids. There was always the the big thing at, at each holiday right one year it's it's um an atari you know the next year it's a millennium falcon the year after that it's whatever there was always a big thing every christmas i don't think that's true anymore um but back then through the mid 70s through probably 1990 every holiday season had a thing i mean what was the one the uh cabbage patch kids that was a one-year thing so it's always, or, or the Furbies. Remember the Furbies? How hard they were getting, or they were to get? I remember that. So I think that this was simply designed to keep money coming in to Lucasfilm. Uh, to show the viability and long-term success that Star Wars could have. Because it's easy to say, well, they knew this all at the time. They didn't. This was a year and a half after the movie. They, they wanted to make sure that this was fresh and, and cool and kids are going to stick with it. Because well, if kids are anything, it's that they're fickle. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I am aware that, that George Lucas, despite the fact that he apparently was very insistent, it had to be on the Wookiee Life Day thing, and he, he refused to let them move away from that. I, I'm, I'm aware that George Lucas has said several times since then that, that, you know, the TV guys did it, we just gave them the characters, we weren't terribly involved, which I find hard to believe, but there you go. I do too. Yeah. Um, you know, and I can see I can see the idea of, of you know, I, I, I am aware we don't, Many countries around the world do not have the holiday special type thing, the the big unusual special. We have you know, most programs here in the UK, for instance, will do a Christmas episode, and sometimes we have Christmas specials. And Doctor Who is famous for doing Christmas specials and things. But back in the seventies and the eighties, it was all more variety for Christmas yeah. rather than this. Um, it was same. I know. Th- I know this had some variety bits in it as well, which is another terrible terrible thing um but uh no i can understand them wanting to do you know kind of something to sell to market the toys and, and all of that I, I you know i i guess everyone thought it was a it was a shoe in and it was good it would be good and um it just wasn't i i apparently most of most of the cast have, have also said they've never watched it either so i guess they all well, knew no, it was it, a stinker. It, it's a it's I, i'm not arguing that it was um a good program. No, no. Even then, yeah. I knew it wasn't a good a good program. But, but, but my my we question. were starved for that kind of content. Something Star Wars, and when they, I remember when they started promoting a Star Wars holiday special. Oh my god, I was so excited! I yeah. was so excited. Eight years old, yeah. and my favorite thing is coming, and it's going to be on TV. And yeah, it was bad. Okay, but you know, all right. We so didn't some, have the yeah. 
the the gluttony that they have nowadays. No, I, I I appreciate. I definitely appreciate that. Trust me, as a, as a Star Trek fan, through my formative years, I'm well aware of the fact that uh, you can, certainly in the UK where we don't really have syndication like you do, you couldn't get access to the material as as anywhere near as easy as you can nowadays. I start, I just started watching the animated series again because it was on Netflix for Star Trek, and most of those episodes I've either not seen at all or only seen once because they were hardly ever shown on uh, kids tv in the afternoons here so um okay and you know in in some respects kind of bagging on the the original holiday special is kind of easy meat because it is universally um accepted to be not very good but my question is why do this again now Uh, and and you know look at most of the arguments for kids well most of the arguments we've just made though but yeah but there is the arguments we just made don't hold up nowadays right yeah, yeah you don't need uh, Star Wars. If anything, needs needs less promotion at this point, not more, because it's they're walking a very very fine line of crappy of saturation with crappy products at this point at uh, Disney, right? That's that's point one. Point two, they don't need to promote the toys. Yeah, the the the, the toy lines that are almost self sustaining at this point. Yeah, you know, Star Wars toys. If you're into Star Wars, there's loads and loads of toys out there. There are collectors, there are that sort of thing. You don't need to give, uh, particularly Lego Star Wars character uh, toys, particularly a shot in the arm. The third one is you're associating it with what is generally accepted to be one of the worst Star Wars products of all time. And but only by the older generation. The younger generation doesn't know this thing at all. No. All they can see when they see the promotions for this is... Hey, it's the Lego Star Wars guys. Uh, you know, I, I you know, Disney I think Plus. I think you're doing modern kids a real disservice. They all have phones. They all have the internet. They all know the history of these things. And if they no, don't, they, they go don't. looking it up. I think no, I think my a lot son of kids is do. way into Star Wars now. Cole is big time into Star Wars. In fact, he finished just recently the entire Clone Wars series. Right. And now he, which he's already seen, by the way. And now he's into Rebels, which he's already seen. By the way. Yeah, um, he doesn't know anything about the the holiday special. He doesn't know okay. anything about it, the old one, and he would hate it just as much as we do now. But he's also almost a teenager, so it's not mm-hmm. really his demographic. But that being said, he's actually looking forward to this Lego thing. And remember, there's something yeah. else that I just mentioned a few minutes ago that's happening around the same time as this holiday special Lego show. That's a brand new what Lego video game. Yeah. So you okay. think that's coincidence? Mm, I don't. Maybe. I, th- I think it's it's cross promotion. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I I still I still think you you're taking a huge risk by associating yourself with associating yourself with something that's yeah, so, poor, so poorly received. Because if this is not excellent, people will go. Here it's we not go, going to be excellent again. It's. It's not going to be excellent. It's oh. it's probably going to be quirky and funny and pretty I don't, bad. You know what? I don't, again, I'm well, I've not even gone to the fourth part of my argument against this now, which is the uh, the purported plot, which takes Ray and then transports her through time somehow to meet with classic Star Wars characters, including a young Luke Skywalker rather than the old Luke Skywalker. It's just It just sounds like... The more of the of the stuff we saw, particularly in the last two movies, which is let's throw everything in together, let's come up with some good no, ideas, like workshop sound, them, and exactly then throw them like together. What they 
No, this sounds exactly like what they do with the Lego Star Wars TV stuff that they've done. Because they had Darth Vader in, in Darth Maul at the same time. They didn't respect any kind of timeline. It was just goofy fun. And I, I don't see any problem with that. It, it's one thing if it was canon. It's not canon. It's a Lego show. That's fine. I don't see any issue with this. In fact, I kind of expected stuff like this. You got to have, other than the real serious Mandalorian or Rise of Skywalker, you also have to have some of the fun stuff if you're going to really profit from this thing that you spent a lot of money on. And, oh, by the way, you have this entire streaming service that you want people to subscribe to. You got to keep cranking out some good content or at least content <laughs> yes, I for say. it. I, I, I put the air quotes around good content. I just well, oh maybe I'm just. What happens if it comes out? You watch it and you're like, wow, that was actually well, pretty then good. I, then I, I will it. be pleased, but my expectations are low. This comes across everything I've read and heard about this comes across as horrible cash in shovelware. Um, and you know what? I've got to be honest. Bearing in mind the low quality we've had from some of the Star Wars, some of the Star Wars properties in the last few years. I'm a bit tired of low-quality shovelware. There's a few nuggets of good stuff in there, but there's an awful lot of rubbish. And I'm tired of the rubbish. I guess that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it the, the rubbish kind of really hurts. Yeah? It, it, what we've got at the moment with Star Wars is that we've, we've had, uh, you know, we had something that was a classic. Yeah? It was a, 70, well, a 68 Firebird. It was the car from Bullet. It was... The, you know, the, the Batmobile from the 60s TV show. It was something that was incredibly of its time, was incredibly popular, was incredibly, you know, uh, it really fired us up and got us going, yeah? And, and that lasted for a long time, and then there was a long gap, yeah? And then they tried to do a reboot, and the reboot was terrible, yeah? Um, you know, it was it was like a it was a, to stick with the car analogy. It was it was like you know a plastic 1980s. It had the same name, but it was nothing like the original. Yeah, it didn't even try. It tried. To, this was going to be better than the original. It wasn't. Yeah, and then we've had the the um, the Abrams set of movies. Yeah, which were, were were kind of like when they, you know, when they they redo the the modern version inspired by the original Firebird or um, Thunderbird or whatever car we're particularly talking about. You know the sort I mean. You know, kind of like what mm -hmm. they did with the with the Volkswagen did with the Beetle, where they kind of reimagined it in a modern car style, or the uh, the current Ford Mustang or something like that. Yeah, and you know what? You can see elements of what really excited you about it, but actually, when you get too close to it and actually use it, you kind of realise it's a little bit of a pale imitation. And after a while, that really annoys you. Yeah, and now what we're getting in in uh, now what we're getting is people going, oh, I really wish they just, you know, they could understand the essence of the original and bring it back and you can find bits of that you know it's like you open up the um you open up the, the hood of the of the new car and you look underneath and you go oh, that really reminds me of the original that's almost as good as the original but with modern parts in it. and that's the mandalorian things like that and um, i'm stretching this metaphor to absolute breaking point here <laughs> you know but um but what we you and, and and what we're getting at the moment is just not None of it is as uh, very little of it is as good as the original, and it is just tiring, really, really tiring. Hmm. Well, let's move on to something fun. <laughs> so, you know, I've been into arcade games for a long time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Playing them, of course, and then buying. Well, trading a, a 
a nice Bluetooth speaker from my original Neo Geo cabinet. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of when I thought, you know what, I could, I can actually have actual arcade machines. And of course I got a super Pac-Man, which is now a 16 one board. And, um, and I've tweaked and changed them quite a bit. The Neo Geo is no longer Neo Geo, although I could still play Neo Geo games on there. It's, you know, uh, like a thousand, 1500 games. Yeah. So, there's something else that I've always liked, but is a lot more harder to do, and that's pinball. Well, pinball takes a lot of space. I, I, I never even considered buying a pinball machine because they're just so big. Yeah. But probably six, seven years ago, Chad Perry and another friend named Aaron went to um, an arcade slash pinball show in Kalamazoo where they had a few arcade machines set up. They had a lot more pinball. Uh, they had a lot of parts and stuff like that. I didn't end up buying anything. There was literally nothing there that I couldn't have got, you know, or didn't already have because I was already starting to build arcades at that point. Yeah, including the mini ones. Um, but I did see something that really kind of stuck with me, and that someone had built a virtual arcade machine. And I always thought, well, pinball is such a physics game, and uh, you know, you got to have the actual ball and the flippers and. I, can you really do that virtually? Well, I played it, and it was amazing. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking at the time, if the screen was a little bit better, it what, would be Was it the size of a pinball table? It was. This one was the size of an actual pinball machine, and it had two right. monitors. The first monitor was the play field. Yeah. The second monitor was, you know, the, the backdrop. Yeah. And it was keeping score and... You could change games in both the playfield and the the marquee would change. It was it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Except the screen that they used for the playfield, um, <clears throat> I think was more like 720p. Yeah. Rather than a 1080, and it just I don't know it, it was a little bit flat to me. Other than that, the physics worked. Everything worked. It was a hundred percent convincing. Um, and then I've, so that kind of stuck with me. Well, I saw a better one not too long ago, maybe two years ago, three years ago, where they were using a real good 4K monitor and it was, it blew me away. But there isn't a, um, as many people for obvious reasons doing virtual pinball as there are arcade and video game MAME and that sort of thing. Yeah. But there's enough. And there's also Zen Pinball. I think everybody probably downloaded that on their iPad or their phone and played that a little bit, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was um, pretty good. So I've belonged to a virtual pinball group on Facebook for a couple of years now. It doesn't come up in my timeline very often because I don't interact much. But I'm at the point now where I think I'm going to build a, um, a mini virtual pinball machine. Okay. Uh, I've got a 24-inch monitor coming. That's going to be the play field. Um, and I'm thinking of repurposing one of my mini arcade screens as the top part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about the case yet, you know, whether I want it to be a tabletop or on extremely long legs so I could, you know, stand. I don't want to stand there. I think I want, I'd want. i rather sit at it. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. That part is almost immaterial. But the thought of building this from scratch, not not built, not buying some 
you know, actual pinball and converting it or anything like that. Actually building the cabinet itself, disassembling a spare PC I have sitting here and putting it inside the cabinet, which is no problem. I mean, yeah, this so case is, it's a big I'm, case, but I mean, it's yeah. only 25% used. Yeah, and, and I'm seeing here there's an open source visual pinball um, game engine. There's a couple. There's yeah, a couple, and then, in, and then including... There's, there's Mame as well, which lets you load up the ROMs from real pinball machines. Yep. Yeah, there's tons oh, cool. of them. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be working on the next few months. I think, I think the first thing I'm going to do is clear space. The monitor, by the way, doesn't even ship until September 7th. I'm kind of ticked off about that. Uh, um, yeah. If I'd have known it was going to take that long, I would have just canceled it and got it somewhere else. Um, but that being said, I think what I'm going to do first is completely nuke the PC that I have, start from scratch, and set up all the software. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I would have to go ahead. I, in, I, that's probably the sensible way of doing that. I mean, in some respects, yeah. I'm kind of disappointed because I would really have loved to have seen the Windows desktop on a pinball size. Yeah. In, in a pinball cabinet. I think that would have been awesome. But I got to, there's a couple of things I will have to buy. Obviously, I have to buy wood, and I'll have Julie create the, the graphics for it and stuff like that. I don't even know what theme I'll go with yet, but that's immaterial. Um, eventually, I have to buy some wood and cut it and build the cabinet and the support inside for all the PC and the monitors and all that. Yeah. Um, and that in itself is kind of fun. And that I'll probably start that in September or October, somewhere in there. It'll yeah. probably take two places of plywood if that. Or MDF. Um, but the things that I'm going to have to buy is a is a plunger, you know, a virtual plunger yeah. that I could use. And I'm debating whether I want to put shakers in it. And I think I kind of have to because I know most of the stuff works with shakers. So if it hits a certain thing, you can actually feel it hitting. Yeah. It kind of vibrates these things inside. Uh, and then you can also do the tilt and all that stuff. So I think it'd be worth it to get those. And none of that is expensive. I mean, it's less than 100 bucks for everything I just explained. Yeah. Um, and then I'm probably going to have to get some specialty boards to wire all of that into the PC itself, including, you know, the buttons. And uh, and I probably have to put a second um, video board in with the computer so I can run two different monitors at once. I can do it. As it is, because it's going to have both HDMI and VGA, so I can send two different signals to each of those, I think. Uh, I just haven't played with the software at all. Yeah. But I do know that the virtual software for the pinball stuff in the front end is infinitely harder than what you get for, like, a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. They're, the community is just so much smaller. Mm -hmm. So I've got a couple videos that I've saved to my desktop that kind of walk you through the beginnings of it and I'll watch those and, and figure some of that stuff out. But that's what I want to do. I, I want a I want a little virtual when I say little, you know, no bigger than say an iMac playing field. Um, a little virtual pinball machine that's not gonna take up hardly any space, or not that much space anyways, that will have a couple hundred tables on it. And then once it's working, I'm not going to screw around with it like I keep doing with all the MAME stuff and the Raspberry yeah. Pi stuff. Um, that it's just literally turn on, it boots into the virtual pinball, and I could play, you know, the the Zen pinball. And and I don't mind the Zen pinball. Give me an yeah. interface where I can choose what I want. And, I, and I'm happy to buy the tables from because they have some pretty cool. I, I, I've probably spent, 
I don't know, 10, 15 bucks on different tables over the years with Zen Pinball. Yeah. And it's really fun on the iPad, except it's the iPad. And it's not, you know, it's like, meh. I, w- I want it to be bigger. I want it to be laying more flat and feel like I'm playing pinball. And it just doesn't. So were you a big pinball player back in the day? No, not at all. No. I suck at pinball. I enjoy yeah. it, but I'm not good at it. I, so, I, I would never... Yeah. I mean, I, I found with, particularly with the later pinball t- tables, they're so complicated in terms of the, what the play field can do. Um, and mm-hmm. they, they, in some respects, they amplify one of the things that always irritates me about pinball, which was that there are certain conditions you can get to on a pinball table where it seems unfair. The, because, you know, the ball will just, no matter what you do, you're not going to be able to, to keep the ball in play. It then becomes less a matter of skill and more of luck. And, and that always put me off pinball. Yeah, me you know too. What, you know and what I mean? It, where you ping the ball well, up yeah, oh, and, no, I know round, exactly and then it goes straight down the middle and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm with you and that's why I didn't play a lot of pinball. Because at a quarter a shot or even 50 cents, it just really wasn't worth it to me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to play it for a minute and I'm going to suck at it and then I'll be done. I'd rather play a video game, which to be honest, some of those I last maybe a minute too, but yeah. I was more of a video game guy rather than a pinball guy. But the virtual pinball, I don't know, it seems uh, a little bit more exciting to me. Yeah, So cool. I'm going to deep dive into that here in the next couple months. Um, you know, whether I make it, like I said, a tabletop or... Just a small one that's, you know, maybe knee height that I can play sitting in a chair. Yeah. Because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> and it's more about space than anything. I'd really, of course. I would like to make it so I can maybe fold the, the legs up into it and then fold the marquee down so I can literally pick it up and move it out of the way when I'm not doing anything rather than like, like an arcade that just yeah. sits there. Kind of like a pinball laptop. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But it would need to have some kind of a legs that would fold up or fold down so I can literally set it on the floor. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that, that sounds like an interesting project, not something I've ever thought about doing myself, but uh, that'd be cool. Be interesting I've to... been intimidated thinking about... See, I tried to do it a little bit on one of my um, arcade mames. Yeah. I, I started to set it up, and it just... I, it just didn't... And then I'm using a, a, a gamepad controller, and I'm like, this kind of sucks. This yeah. isn't pinball. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have the actual... Like, I've got probably... 50 100 uh buttons and switches and stuff like that so i've got all the buttons yeah i would just need an interface from the buttons and the plunger to the computer so there's a little ipack or something like that um and then maybe the rumble things i'm not sure how to connect those yet but i'm sure there's a bunch of stuff that you can use yeah uh, and then programming it all the programming yeah. it all is the part that i hate it's boring mm-hmm. I like yeah. the physical building it, drilling the hole and putting it in there and wiring it up. I like that more than why isn't this button working? Well, uh, I mean, if you like the physical stuff, um, I, I know you sh- I know the space is the problem, but uh, one of the things that always pr- impressed me about pin- pinball, particularly the old tables, was the uh, the fact it was all so real. It was all electromechanical and wired together mm-hmm. and all of that sort of thing. Yep. That they could, that, and, and an electrician had basically been involved in putting the design of the game together. I always thought that was very cool. When I was at, that's what uh, I always liked about them. They were so mechanical. Even the, yeah. the later electronic ones, there were still mechanical ramps and you know the the bumper things and all that. Yeah. It's just it, some of them were almost works of art. But exactly, yeah. Some of them I, I couldn't figure out. There's so many 
so much crap on the screen or on the on the play field that I yeah. couldn't figure out what I'm supposed to do. And oh, five minutes into the game, I just noticed this flipper's way at the top too. You know, yeah. stuff like that. It's like don't make it overly complex. I know. But some of the yeah. artwork, and that's what I like about the virtual pen that I could change tables. Yeah. The the virtual artwork is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Some of it, you know. Yeah. So but. I've um, I've done a kind of a, a retro thing this week which has been quite interesting for me. Um, there's a, a project that came out, uh, well, they, they shipped last year, but um, it was a Kickstarter that, that came out about about three years ago um, for something called the Spectrum Next. So the yeah, spec- I think you remember talking about that. Yeah, so the Spectrum is um, was the big uh, homegrown 8-bit computer in, in the UK in the 80s. It was our equivalent of the Commodore 64. We have the 64 here as well, but the Spectrum was the big one. Um, the Spectrum was a bit cheaper, uh, and it was, you know, it was uniquely British in that it was, it was, it had some very clever engineering tricks in it to make it cheap, um, mm. and some kind of limitations that gave it a certain charm. Um, but it was definitely the big computer, and I never had one. I had the pre previous one to it, the black and white ZX81, that was um, my first computer, but I never had a Spectrum. Um, I went from the ZX81 to uh, to an Acorn machine and then on, on from there to Commodore Amiga and that sort of thing. But um, this Spectrum Next basically was, it's an FPGA computer and it's designed to be not only um, the best Spectrum you could ever get in that it's in a, a modern interpretation of the retro case, um, mm-hmm. but it's got all the modern stuff like, you know, you can load programs off SD card. It's got HDMI output now, whereas the ori- if you get the original Spectrums, they're kind of difficult without modification to get pictures out of them and that sort of thing. Um, but also they enhanced it. They said, well, we want to add extra things to it so that you can, you, you know, you can... But, and they have some software developers who have written games for the modern interpretation of what... It's kind of, they, they imagine what the Spectrum could have become. So it was, it was an interesting project from that point of view. And also because it's FPGA, it can run cores for different old computers as well. So it's a very nice package. It was pretty successful. They funded their Kickstarter relatively easily. Um, and um, They got a version 2 now too. So this is what I've... Uh, so I've been following this for a while. And I've, I've, um, I actually ended up picking a kind of a dev board, one of these. It's in an old Spectrum case that I've kind of been playing around with. But I kind of wanted a real one. And um, the prices on the resale for on eBay for the real ones have been there's so much demand for it. The prices have been kind of four or five times what the Kickstarter was. So yeah, this last week they announced, and they've been rumbling this for a while. And in Facebook, um, they announced Kickstarter too. And uh, so I invested. I pledged for this, so I'm going to get my, get my machine probably uh, probably March, April time, something like that. So I'm looking forward to that. But what's interesting is um, how quickly this Kickstarter funded. They basically, they hit their 200, and these machines are about, they start about 300 pounds. Um, so they're not cheap, but, you know, that's a lot cheaper than what they've been going for on eBay. Um, they uh, they hit their funding goal in five minutes of 250,000 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, um, at, um, well, they're just well, they're come approaching 1.1 million at the moment. Uh, well, I, the one I'm looking at, ZX Spectrum Next. That's the one, yeah. Next version two. Seven hundred twenty-three pounds. Thousand. Oh, oh! You're looking on eBay for the prices. No, I'm looking at Kickstarter. Uh, Kickstarter slash projects slash Spectrum Next slash ZX dash Spectrum dash Next. 
Yeah. So so that is uh, that that's for two of them. It's three hundred pounds for one, or three either three hundred or three twenty-five for one of the machines. But they have the the total funding goal at the moment is up to uh, the total investment is up to one point one million after five days. Hmm, that's pretty so impressive. It is, yeah. I mean, the, you know, the nature of Kickstarter is you get a big rush at the beginning and then it slows down. Then there'll probably be an uptick when the thing closes in twenty five days time. But nevertheless, it was. It was interesting to see how quickly it... Uh, I, I like what they did with the keyboard, where the keys are slightly raised, they're shaped different. I kind of like that. Yeah. Well, that that they actually had the original... He's unfortunately died um, a couple of years ago, but they actually had the original designer of the Spectrum cases do their case. So, uh, um, yeah, a guy called uh, Rick Dickinson. And um, so, so he... There was a the the second iteration of the Spectrum back in the eighties looked a little bit like this with those those key styles, um, yeah. but but this obviously is much much better. And uh, from people I know who actually have the actual machine, my machine is a dev board in an original Spectrum case, so it uses the the kind of rubber key key um, keyboard mat they used to use when back when it was really yeah, cheap. Those are terrible. Yeah, it's it's not great, but um, you know it kind of looks it looks the part. But this keyboard, from the people who have the machines, I he- I hear it's actually uh, you know it's it's e- equal to a modern keyboard, you know. Oh, that's that's it's, cool. Yes. So yeah, three hundred twenty-five is is currently the uh, the uh, three hundred or three twenty-five, and then then the prices go up if you want more than one machine. Uh, and uh, well, of course, why wouldn't you? Well, of course, to be honest with you, with the eBay prices, some people have um, been buying three know, or four buying, and then and then yeah. selling them on. Um, and there are, yeah, there's plenty of people those, who we call those jerk offs. Yeah, there's plenty of people as well who who have the 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 first Kickstarter one and they want another one. They want you know to have a spare or they want to have two at once or one for programming, one for game playing, and all of that sort of deal. And there are some people who just love the team and love what they've done. I mean, I've got to be honest. I think pulling this off in this day and age. To build a whole new computer from scratch um, as a team, there's about the team's about fifteen people. Um, I think is a is a is a bit of an achievement. Um, yeah, you know. and it's definitely something that's worthwhile. Exactly. Know, there, there, there's yeah. an accomplishment when you get there, and it's good that they have the backing of a community like they do because that shows that their efforts are worthwhile. That hey, yeah. this is a thing, and people support it, and. I, I think it's great. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and and to me, this is kind of the best of what Kickstarter is, you yes. know, rather than some of some of the things you know, which are, yes. are just horrible cash ins and grabs the, and sure. Yeah, and the things that also that never ship as well. It's it's interesting. You you know you these guys are very open and transparent, and they've talked about the the this second Kickstarter round is much more expensive than the first one was. It's gone up by about uh, one hundred and twenty pounds each machine. Um, and they've said, well, turns out last time we didn't have to pay, we didn't pay uh, sales tax and we should have done. So we ended up having to pay for it out of our own pocket. And so now we've had to put it in the price. You'd be amazed at the complaining that's been from some people about. No, oh, I wouldn't be amazed. You've already built this thing. I wouldn't be amazed thing. at all. Yeah. You've already built this thing. You All you have to do is push the button to make some more. So why isn't it cheaper than it was last time? And all this sort of rubbish, you know. Um, yeah, but that's, that's that's the internet. Welcome but, to the internet. <laughs> exactly. But no, it's, um, it's interesting. And, and, you know, it's good to see, you know, enthusiast stuff be successful. So uh, I, shall, I shall report on the machine when I take delivery of it. I've been uh, playing a video game lately. A console <laughs> game at that. 
All right. Which I don't do a whole lot, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, like I bought the new Spider-Man game when it came out, and I barely played it. I bought Red Dead Redemption 2, which I was really looking forward to, and I got 20 minutes into it, and I haven't touched it since. So that's 140 bucks flushed down the toilet. Is is that Um, because you lack time or because you lack interest? uh, It's a little bit of both. You know, you get home from work, and those are two games that you have to invest a lot of time in. You can't just pick up, play a little bit, and put it down. Yeah. Um, and, And I think on both of them, the the control schemes are, um, it's a learning curve. Mm -hmm. And because I don't play it often enough, I forget what the hell button does what. And then I get frustrated and I go, and I just go do something else. I'll go play Pac-Man on the arcade machine for 10 minutes. Um, But this was a free download on because i'm part of you know xbox gold and i also have playstation plus every year both of those things renew and i always once a month jump on the respective pages and and purchase if you will for free the free games so i've got a huge library and a lot of those i've never played i haven't even downloaded them but i can anytime they want yeah um and then cole cole of course plays a lot of that stuff so this month on xbox was portal knights and uh, I know this has been out for a little while, and I remember there was some enthusiasm. It's kind of a Minecrafting game, but not really. So I thought, ah, let me give this a try. The, the, the graphics looked cute. So I thought, I'd give this a try. And I got hooked a little bit. So mm-hmm. the whole point is you do mining, and then you fight some bad guys, and then you level up. It's kind of like an RPG building game. Yeah. And the portal night means you you go through portals. You kind of un, you find where these portals are and then you put these little cubes in and it unlocks it to another world and it's and it's uniquely generated for each person so no two portal worlds for players are going to be the same it may take the same basic ideas these characters but it's going to change things up so i thought that was kind of cool and i went through i created my universe if you will and i went through about 11 stages just hack and slash and stuff like that um, and I kept picking all this crap up, but I didn't have to p- anywhere to put this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went back and I built a little castle on the very first world. And that was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun building my little castle. Yeah. And then I started expanding my castle. So what I would do is I would go to these worlds that I already went to, and I would completely destroy the castles and the houses there just to get the building blocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got one guy, he's standing like 50 feet in the air with nothing underneath him because I've completely destroyed everything he lived in and <laughs> stole all his blocks to build mine. Um, so I've been spending way too much time uh, building my castle, which I got it kind of where I wanted, and then I came up with a brilliant idea. Um, I, I am completely covering the first world in one giant slab of stone. <laughs> Why? Well, I don't know. It sound environmentally friendly. It's not, no. And once I get it all built, I'm going to put a staircase down to the actual world. And yeah. I'm going to completely mine every single thing on the world till there's nothing underneath me. Right. So I'm just going to have this giant castle and stone slab floating in the middle of nothing. That's what I want to get to, and then I'll stop playing the game. I don't care right. about killing the bad guys and going further and all that. I don't really care. It's, yeah. it's more of an architectural thing right now. I'm just kind of it, having fun yeah. doing it. Well, this is, this is, you know, the beauty of these games. I know that Charlotte spends many, many hours 
online with their friends. Um, they all they all get Minecraft on their iPads, and then they yeah. um, set up a, fa- a group FaceTime call so they can all speak to each other, and then yep. they'll just sit and chat as if they were sat around a table, and they're just you know well, let's put a chair here and let's knock down that wall and you know and and they're basically they're designing these buildings together. It's it's really kind of it, cool. It, it's amazing what they can do nowadays. If we would have had that at her age, you know, we would have had Star Wars theme, you know planets that yeah. we go to and you know um i i think that the interaction like that is great as long as parents are responsible and monitor it to make sure yeah. that there's no bullies in there or hanky panky going on exactly kind of well stuff. she can, a lot of her friends play roblox and she keeps saying oh yep. you know could i have roblox and the problem with roblox is that the way it's set up is anybody can come in and interact with the with the people in there and we're not having that, so no Roblox. Yeah, that's why Cole doesn't play Roblox because he was playing. He got into it a little bit, and then he got really upset because some person came into his place and they were cursing a lot, Dad. Yeah, and that yeah. was the end of Roblox for me and him. Yeah, exactly. You know, or they come in, and they smash your stuff up, and you know, all of that. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, um, don't let. Yeah, you have to deal with people who are jerks in real life. Don't don't do it online. Um, so with that, we're going yeah. to wrap up this episode of. Uh, geeks pub hope you guys enjoyed uh, joining us this week we'd love to have feedback it's geeks pub podcast no it's the show at geekspubpodcast.com i had to think about it there for a minute um you can always go to mymac.com or geekspubpodcast.com and leave a comment we'll read them here on the show we'll be back in a week with tech fan yeah. um but we would like to get some feedback from you guys on this show you know david and i have been talking about maybe going uh, having certain themes, such yep. as you know, best movies of 1987, something yeah. like that. You know, what, what movies? What were our favorite movies from? You know, something, uh, television shows, music. We could do all kinds of stuff. You yeah. Know? yeah, and uh, we'd like to get your guys' feedback. And of course, this is an open invitation. If someone wants to join us, we'd love to have you. Uh, we do record 7:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, in the U.S. on Sundays, um, but yeah, I mean, it's early for me. But if you're in the U.K., it's not so early. Yeah, um, well, I guess we could we could always look into moving that if we need to accommodate somebody from the uh, absolutely from the West Coast or something. So yep. yeah. So David, I'll see you next week. See you then. Thanks a lot. Bye.